Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast ready for five straight days of football. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who's ready to break down South Alabama. Oh yeah, that's me, the Jaguars, uh, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother who's ready to break down the new Spurrier meme. <laughs> I said that right when I saw it. That's Trey Newman. All right. We have a lot of games to get to, especially because we only have two week zero games to recap. So a lot more time to preview week one. Uh, but first, this is your last chance to join our Yahoo Pick'em League. The winner, of course, gets three surprise gifts, one from each bro. And there are only 24 slots left. So... You can find the link for that league in our Instagram bio at College Football Bros or on collegefootballbros.com. But we also have some five-star reviews to get to. There are six this week, so that's a lot to get through. So we're going to go one and a half times speed. I'm going to speed it up in post. We're going to sound like chipmunks, but All right. we'll, get, we'll get to football faster. So go ahead, chipmunk Ryan. Okay. Uh, first one's from Kevin Go Blue to Heaven. Uh, to Haven, excuse me. Uh, one of the best. I look forward to this podcast showing up on my playlist each and every week. These guys are so knowledgeable, and they don't even show their bias to the Huskers too much. LOL. <laughs> Keep up the awesome work, and I can't forget the hashtag Go Blue. All right. Our next one is from Twinkles two three four five six seven. My fat self read that as Twinkies, but uh, <laughs> I I lo- love the Bros. Just started listening this past month. They've been picking me. They have been keeping me company on multiple trips this summer. I highly recommend, even if two of the bo- bros picked Michigan to win the Big Ten. Go Bucks, Shane. All right, next one from Ryan in Ames, Iowa. He says, love the bros. They do a great job covering all things college football, but I need more love for Brock Pump Fake Purdy. Iowa State has a way better shot of making the Big 12 title game than Baylor, and that's the only beef I got. Cyclone Power beat Iowa. Nah, it's Baylor all the way. <laughs> oh my okay. goodness. All right, next one's from Go Lobos 89 Gotta say, I don't really write reviews, but these guys really kill. A lot of great info and funny. New listener, but I've been hooked since I first heard it. Keep up the great work and go Knowles. This one's from Hunter13. These guys are awesome. I've been looking for a good college football podcast, and these guys are the winner for sure. I'm excited to listen to them throughout the season because I like the betting insight while keeping it light and funny. P.S. Good luck to your Huskers when they come to Norman in 2021. Probably going to need that. Um, yeah. Yep. Next, uh, the last one comes from Metrics and Mayhem. He says, if you have any doubts about the intelligence level, go check out the, the trivia episodes. This podcast is quite great, and I'm glad I came across it. Looking forward to launching my own podcast and stealing their info and presenting it to my... Wait, I mean, looking forward to chiming in as the season unfolds. Great job, guys. At EP3Metrics on Twitter. All right. All right. Back to normal speed. Back to normal speed. Okay. One last thing before we recap week zero. Uh, we received a really cool message from AJ overseas. So go ahead and read that, Ryan. Okay. He said, uh, I listened to you guys on Google Podcasts, five stars. Uh, I'm stationed in Japan. So it's either music I don't understand or listen to the college football bros on my commute. Thanks for keeping it light and fun while making all of your listeners your bros. And he has a question for us here. He says, uh, if you could start a team with one of this year's transfer QBs and you were guaranteed to have them for three years, who would be your starting QB and why? So I know there's a few out there, but I I feel like Jalen Hurts has to be maybe not if the one, one of the the few to select. He's by far the most proven, I would think. He's started for a couple of years, what, 26 and two as a starter at Alabama. He even showed like what in the in the championship game or in the SEC title game to like, hey, he still has it, man. So I would definitely go with Hertz. 
Yeah, he's, I would say, the the favorite for this answer. But I'm actually, I'm going to go a different way. I'm going, I guess, more boomer bust. Um, well, it's, I'm going with uh, Justin Fields for for Ohio State. And the reason is because for Alabama, we saw how their offense took you know, a pretty big leap when they inserted Tua into the lineup. And Justin Fields is one of those five-star type guys that I'm not saying he's going to be Tua, but he at least has that potential. So I'd, I'd take my chances there. I, yeah, you got to get taking a risk, but it could be a very good reward. Exactly. Uh-huh. All right. Thanks for that question. Thanks a lot for listening. Um, all right. Let's recap week zero. We had a ridiculous start to the season. It was awesome. It was, awesome. it was, well, our, one of our listeners, Tyler tweeted and said it was so bad. It was good. I think that's a good description of it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Florida beat Miami 24 to 20. Ryan, tell us what happened there. Uh, well, it was very ugly. If you can. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. Very ugly game. Florida, they really controlled this game from start to finish, even though the scoreboard didn't really say that. Uh, they lost two fumbles in the first half, one in the, in the, in the, like on first and goal from the seven, the other, they were. Miami's like 37 or something like that. So they were un- quite unlucky to be down 7-3 at halftime. But although they, they got a little gift in the, in the third quarter there when uh, Jeff Thomas spotted them seven points. Or that might have been the fourth quarter by that point. I can't quite remember. But anyways, the muff punt, they gave they got seven points there. So, um, But the ending was crazy. Florida t- took over with about four minutes left after Miami turned the ball over on downs. But on the very next play, Felipe thanks through another pick, and Miami a horrible. That was a horrible interception. What a terrible! <laughs> Who's he throwing that to? It's awful. I have no idea. It was horrible, and it was right after, right after he was uh, hot dogging in yeah. front of the camera yeah, exactly. on the sideline. That was great. <laughs> so Miami had the ball at the twenty-five yard line, about to score. Florida they forced the the Hurricanes into a fourth and thirty-four, and then Jaron Williams threw a pass, like just kind of a prayer to, to Jeff Thomas, who was had not even close to being open, but the Florida's guy just red trucked him like before the ball even got there. <laughs> P.I. First down, then Florida forced him to a third and 12 on the next position or on the next series. Another pass interference call. First down Miami. Uh, and then there was another one where they threw the ball in the end zone and it looked like P.I. It was questionable, debatable, but ultimately it was, wasn't called and they, it, they turned the ball around downs and Somehow Florida managed to win that game, but wow. Yeah. I mean, that it was just a ton of sacks, obviously. Oh, that yeah. was especially, those, especially on those those last drives for Miami. They just those freshman tackles had no shot. They didn't. Um and they also Miami also fumbled twice on that last drive, but they yeah. recovered both of them. So <laughs> Yeah, it was it was ugly finish. People were people were saying it was it was too early and this week zero experiment failed. I I disagree. I mean, I was way more interested in this Florida Miami game than I would have had it just kind of blended into the the upcoming week slate. And like, I don't think one week was going to make a difference in terms of the sloppiness. I mean, that was just... Well, no. also because when you play that week zero game, you get to start your fall practices a week early. So they got the same amount of practices as all these week one teams will. So it really was, there was no excuse. It just was just bad football. Yeah. yeah. But the, the ratings were, it was like the number yeah. one rated game on ESPN college football game since like 2016 so yeah yeah <laughs> and like and Felipe Franks really just proved to me in this game like he's got to get so much better I mean we talked you talked briefly about that at that last interception I mean he has no excuse I mean he stared it down he hesitated kind of threw it blindly and unbalanced like it was bad he's, he's so lucky Miami's offense couldn't really muster much otherwise that you know would have cost him the game so Florida's got to get a lot better 
uh, if they do want to finish the year in the top 10. So, and Miami fans, they have reason for, for optimism with Williams. And if they bring that same defensive energy, they're going to be in the hunt in the ACC. Yeah. I mean, I, it's for this game for Miami. I don't I don't feel any worse really about them. Cause I think the defense, you, you got to feel great about offensive line. You feel probably worse about, but you knew it wasn't going to be very good. We, we talked about it last week. The, the fact that they were starting two freshmen at, at, at tackles, at the tackle spots. Um, but you might feel a little bit better about Jaron Williams. Like I know he took 10 sacks and that, that matters. And some of those were his fault. He was holding on to the ball too some long fumbles and yeah. yeah, fumbles as well. So I, I don't want to overstate that. It was like some great game from him. I think his QBR no. was like 18, but all things considered, he, he showed some promise. Yeah. It, it Yeah. I won't place most, a lot of that on Jaron Williams. It was that old line and just Florida being good on D, but I kind of look at this game from the like a different point of view of Trey, I think I, I feel worse about Miami than I probably did. I mean, I saw this tweet from Bill Connolly about the turnover luck and Florida really should have won this game by at least 17 points. There was, there were about two touchdowns of turnover luck involved there. So, and the spread was only seven and a half. So, I mean, Florida really should have won this game going away. And I, I'm, I'm not as worried about Florida I think Felipe Franks will kind of figure it out. Dan Mullen will get him to calm down. Week one, tough D. I'm willing to kind of give that a pass. We've seen Felipe be decent. So yeah, we've we've seen it. And and you look at the stat line, it wasn't horrible. Yeah, it's just a couple of bad bad mistakes. So yeah. I think Florida's fine. I, I don't think they should overreact to this, but they kind of are. <laughs> no, people are definitely, I think, overreacting to Florida. I mean, I, I would downgrade them maybe a little bit based on just the eye test here right okay. but you're right you're losing the turnover battle four to one and still winning the game against yeah. a, a decent team it, things could be worse they'll be fine yeah i agree and the secondary will hopefully yeah, exactly. start tackling better yep <laughs> um okay any more any more thoughts on the game have we i think we've exhausted it no, what about the the, the touchdown rings what'd you think of those oh gosh oh yeah. wow <laughs> I'm not wow. as big a fan as as the as the turnover chain. Yeah, the turnover yeah, chain. Yeah, me cool. too. And and I liked the old turnover chain, which is the U. I don't know if I liked that. Was the area code three hundred five or? Yeah, I like the U better. Well, I'm just I'm still looking forward to the first pick six or fumble six when I'm assuming the guy gets to wear both of them. Yeah, he's got to. <laughs> they almost had a chance. That's right. I, I was cheering for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's uh, let's move on to Hawaii beating Arizona. The big game. What's that? The big game. Yeah, the real big game. Uh, they won 45 to 38. This one was maybe even crazier at the end. It Trey, was. tell us what happened there. This one, this one really was. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, you mentioned Hawaii wins 45-38. The score isn't surprising with these two, but the way it happened was was nuts, and it was really fun to watch. You got Cole McDonald in Hawaii. They jumped out to a 14-0 start. There's a handful of times throughout the game where Hawaii really could have run away with it, but then Cole McDonald would throw a pick and and bring him back. Nick Rolovich finally had enough and and changed to Cordero at quarterback uh, for the fourth quarter. But at that time, McDonald had thrown for 378 and four touchdowns, but he had four picks. Yeah, some really bad ones. So the craziness began here when uh, Khalil Tate had Arizona 
to the 13-yard line of Hawaii with about seven minutes left, and they were down three. He threw a really bad interception. Oh, yeah. And then Cordero led a, a clutch touchdown drive. Uh, he threw a 30-yard touchdown to Cedric Bird on third and 14, which, by the way, Bird had four touchdowns. Dude, he was huge. He was 14 crazy. Catch, 14 catches for 224 yards. Ridiculous. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> so, so Hawaii's up 10. Arizona, though, they quickly got in field goal range before Sumlin just Sumlin gagged on himself by hesitating. He forced a delay game. There were a couple of false starts. Then he, wasted a, then he wasted a timeout. Ooh. Now, all that said, they ended up nailing a 53-yard field goal to cut it to seven, so it was a clutch kick. Okay, Arizona forces a, a Hawaii punt, and then more craziness ensues here. So Tate quickly got the Wildcats to the Hawaii 31-yard line. So with one play left in the game, Tate went back to pass. He kind of scrambles. And then from the view on TV, you kept waiting for Tate to run into the Hawaii defense, but he just kept keeps running and running. And right as it looks <laughs> like he's about to score, he gets tackled down at the one-yard line. Game oh. over. Hawaii wins a thriller. That would have been unheard of. Running The quarterback running for a 31-yard touchdown yeah. instead of you know a Hail Mary to, to tie the game. That would have been it's like, ridiculous. It's like that movie, The Replacements. Keanu Reeves just chucking it down. No, nobody else <laughs> yeah. remembers that movie. Uh, it's been a while. Been a while. <laughs> Similar type of scenario, but he made it. Oh, all right. Good to know. But I mean, so I kind of recapped it. So what are you guys' kind of thoughts on, on the game overall, though? Well, it's just a really, really bad result for, for Arizona. You win the turnover oh, yeah. battle 6-2, to two, and you still lose as an 11-point favorite. Like... Not good for Kevin Sumlin, and I just uh-huh. I still don't like the the way they're they're using Khalil Tate. He's all of his runs. I know he had like a hundred yards rushing, but it should have been like two hundred from pass back plays, like drop exactly, back plays. exactly. There are very very few designed runs, so I don't know. It's not good. Nah, he's. I mean, he's done. I I'm giving <laughs> wow, up. On t- I'm giving we got up. Week zero overreaction from Ryan. Yep, Someone's done. He's done. It's over. All right. I, you needed to have Khalil Tate. You need to let him loose, man. And they're just not doing it. The defense still sucks. Uh, I, 11 point dogs win the turnover battle by four and you still lose. It's, it's, yeah. uh, yeah, they're going to really struggle. All right. Uh, I'm not, I'm not quite jumping off ship as much as you are, but yeah, a little bit. I'm off. Sorry. Okay. Let's move on. Thursday, August 29th, we've got UCLA at Cincinnati. Bearcats are favored two and a half. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, two and a half. Uh, this is a close matchup here. Cincinnati was able to win the game last year uh, in LA. And you know what? I think this year the road team is actually is going to win again. So uh, I think UCLA, I mean, it's just going to be a completely different team than UCLA. I mean, than Cincinnati faced last year. It was game one of Chip Kelly's system. I mean, you had Michigan transfer quarterback, uh, blanket on the name. Wilton, Wilton Spate. Spate. Thank you, Wilton Spate. Uh, speedster Wilton Spade out there <laughs> far far different scenario this this time around so I think UCLA is going to be much improved this year and I think they'll they'll go into Cincy and pull off the W right I'm a little surprised I thought you might go with uh with Cincinnati there well you know I like I said second year of the system like this if it's going to happen now for Chip Kelly UCLA is going to improve this year so I'm, I'm banking on it yeah no I I agree. I'm going with the Bruins too. I think DTR and Josh Kelly are going to be dynamic and they're going to start strong against the the Cincinnati defense here. You know, UCLA is a little vulnerable on on defense, but the Bearcats have to work in some new O-linemen. So I like the Bruins. Yeah, it's a sweep here. I, I like UCLA. That's They're kind of one of my favorite teams to go over this season on their win total. So 
this is uh, a big game for them if they're going to do that. I mean, I will say Cincy, they've got a great running game themselves. Desmond Ritter at quarterback, Michael Warren yep. at running back, one of the best running backs in the country. So it's going to be a lot of, of running in this game, not something we see a lot necessarily in college football anymore. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Cincinnati lost both of their all-conference D tackles and all-conference defensive end. I think UCLA's run game will win the day here. Yep, exactly. Uh, okay, moving on to the big game of the night. Utah minus five at BYU in the Holy War. Trey? Yeah, I'm excited to watch this one. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm going to take the Utes here. Uh, the defensive line will dictate the game and and not allow BYU to run on them. Zach Wilson, he's going to, in my opinion, it's going to need to play nearly flawless. Uh, if well, he just did it last game. <laughs> last game, 100% completions. <laughs> yeah. He can do it. He's shown he can do it. That's true. But <laughs> 18 for 18. Not against this Utah defense. <laughs> Very good point, though. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think Utah is just more well-rounded. The defense is, is great. I trust Huntley and Moss to make enough plays against the, the Cougar defense. I think BYU keeps it close in the first half, and then Utah wears it down and uh, pulls away in the second. All right, I'm going the other way. I'm going to take BYU with the points in the rivalry game here. Their defense is, is always pretty solid. I think this year's no different. But this year, finally, I think the offense is going to be really good with Zach Wilson at quarterback. Assuming he's recovered fully from that offseason shoulder surgery, that's always kind of a risky situation there but another guy to keep an eye on uh matt bushman his best weapon at tight end he's one of the best in the country at that position so look out for him i I said look out for brevin jordan last game and he was awesome for miami so i was like all right i gotta pick another tight end this week there you go matt bushman um i'll be curious to see uh utah's best mate well arguably moss is their best weapon but britain covey is right there he's coming off of a torn acl in that pac-12 championship last last year he says he's ready to go, but it's kind of coming down to the wire. So we'll see. I think his health could be a big factor in this game. Um, but yeah, I like BYU to bounce back. They they were up twenty seven to seven last year in this game, and they blew it. Yeah, uh, they've been they've been thinking about that all off season. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm with Michael here. I don't. I'm although I'm definitely a little less high on uh, Zach Wilson as Michael. I don't think BYU's offense is going to be really good. I think it'll be well, yeah, I probably overstated good. that. I probably yeah, overstated, overstated that. <laughs> Better than they've had for sure under Sataki. Uh, but I, I like the points here. Plus five is a lot in a rivalry game in Provo. They're just going to be so jacked for this game. I'm really looking forward to it. And I, I like Utah for sure this year. I, I, it's, it's not a not. It's not like I'm going against them here. But I just don't think they're a, totally explosive enough to really scare me a lot. So I, I will take BYU. You know how much Coca-Cola they're going to be drinking in that crowd? It is good. Oh, man. It's going to be nuts. Raucous. Uh, Okay. Friday, August 30th, we've got Wisconsin minus 13 at USF. And Wisconsin, of course, we haven't talked about it. They named Jack Cohn the starter over the true freshman Graham Mertz. Yeah. And also uh, wide receiver Quintez Cephas has been reinstated after legal trouble. So that's a big addition there. Uh, But I'm going to take USF to cover. I just... I worry a little bit about Wisconsin's front seven, and I love Jordan Cronkright, Cronkright the running back for USF. I think he's going to have a big game, so I say they'll cover. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you listen to this pod, then you know I'm not super high on the on the Badgers uh, this year, but I, I do think they'll be able to handle USF relatively easily. I mean, if you looked at the last half of last year, USF was very, very, very bad. Uh, they were, and, yeah. 
I, you know, I, I just don't think they're going to be able to slow Jonathan Taylor down. Sure, Jordan Conkright will probably get decent numbers, but Jonathan Taylor might just double it. There, <laughs> I think he's going to have a huge game. And I'm concerned a little bit about the Badgers O-line, but I still think they're going to be pretty darn good at run blocking. They're going to be yeah, huge. Yeah, they'll be fine. Yeah, they're going to be fine. They'll be able to lean on folks still. So uh, I actually am going to take the Badgers to cover. I'm going with USF. Uh, Jack Cohn just doesn't really scare me. You know, you you guys mentioned Jonathan Taylor will probably get his yards, but I think the offensive line might need at least one game or at least a full half to to gel. And USF's got a lot of return returning production on offense. I think they'll they'll do enough against the Badgers. All right, next game: Utah State at Wake Forest. Demon Deacons are favored three and a half. What do you think, Ryan? I feel like Wake's just being a little underrated. Going into going into this year, I think Dave Clawson will get him bowling again. He's a he's a really good coach. So with I think they're going to be able to handle the Aggies at home. I don't think that I mean I like Jordan Love. He's a great quarterback for Utah State. I just don't know if they're going to have enough explosiveness this year surrounding him to really put up a ton of points like they did last year. They put up a ton of points. So yeah, I mean they do have a solid defense for sure, but. Wake's got, Wake's got a good quarterback themselves, man. Jamie Newman, our little bro. Yeah. He's tough to stop. He's a load. So I think uh, I'm, I'm going to take take Wake here minus uh, the three and a half. Yep. I'm with you. I love love the quarterback matchup here. Uh, Jordan Love, maybe he's underrated nationally. I don't know yeah, how much maybe people are paying attention to him. But, but yeah, I'm with you. I just think he lost everyone surrounding him yep. on that offense. So I'll, I'll lean with Wake. I'm actually going to go Utah State. Uh, you know, Wake hasn't done much on on defense lately, and I know Utah State's breaking in a bunch of new new players around Love, but I think he'll do enough. And I I think Wake wins, but only by a field goal. Yeah, I mean Utah State they do have the edge defensively. You got Tipa Nolliai, great pass rusher. David, David Woodward, Woodward yep. the linebacker, is a tackling machine, so it'll be a good one. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to Saturday, August 31st. South Carolina is favored nine and a half against North Carolina at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. Trey, what do you see here? I'm going to take the points with North Carolina. I'm, I'm really excited to see the, the offense with Phil Longo calling plays for, for the young blue chipper, Sam Howell. I know the experience and overall talent favors South Carolina, but I just need Muschamp to prove it to me now. Yeah, yeah, you're a must yeah. champ hater now. <laughs> yeah, you're you're off the you're off his bandwagon for sure. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go the other way. I'm 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 taking the Gamecocks. I mean, North Carolina was flat out bad last year. I mean, really bad. Mm-hmm. And first game under a new slash old coach um, <laughs> with a true freshman quarterback. If the Gamecocks don't win this game somewhat comfortably, they're not going bowling. It's because with that ridiculously tough schedule. They really need to, they, yeah. they should be able to handle North Carolina relatively easily. Uh, so I'm actually going to take the Gamecocks here and your boy, Jake Bentley, Mike. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm going to make them my lock. Yeah, you're right. This is a, in some ways, a huge game for South Carolina, because if they lose, they're, they're going like four and eight. I mean, it is. Yeah, it they're is rough. They're done. Even if they win, they might probably not. But yeah. <laughs> the schedule is that tough. But I'm with you. True freshman going up against that defense. I really like Javon Kinlaw, DJ Wanham coming back healthy this year up front. So, um, yeah, I think I think Howell's going to struggle. Yep. Um, next game. Oh, boy. Fresno State. I kind of just pronounced the S there like Boise. But I don't think you yeah, do that you just for Fresno. Do that now on every team. <laughs> My bad. My bad. <laughs> Nebraska Fresno at USC. Uh, Trojans are favored thirteen and a half. 
I'm just not confident enough to lay that many points with USC. I know Fresno State or Fresno. Some people say that they're <laughs> 129th in returning production. So we we kind of don't know what to expect from this team. You know, got a new quarterback, Jorge Reyna, but Jeff Tedford's still there and Clay Helton is still at USC. So <laughs> just, I'm going to lean with Fresno. Yeah, okay. But I am excited to watch USC's new offense. Yeah, yeah. The, the new offense should be fun, but I think the move uh, to this offense is, is it's just kind of a Hail Mary effort. Like it's all or nothing here and it might struggle in week one. So I think Fresno's D line will keep USC in check uh, for a little bit and they'll they'll cover the 13 and a half. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm taking the Trojans here. I just, it's not so much. I really love USC, obviously, but, but Fresno has just got too much to replace. Michael, you already said it. So much talent gone, and I do like Tedford, but they're not. They don't just reload there with with great talent. They lost some really really good players. Yeah, I think the Trojans have enough firepower, especially on offense. Those receivers are really good there. So I think they're gonna put up a lot of points, and uh, the Trojans will cover. Okay, next up, Northwestern at Stanford. Stanford's favored six and a half. Ryan, please tell us how Northwestern's going to pull another game out of their butts. Well, it's a non-conference game, so they it's a different story. Oh, yeah. They lose to Eastern Michigan and yeah. whoever last year. Yeah, and Duke. I think they got smoked by Duke, oh, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. But anyways, I'm very interested to see how Hunter Johnson looks in this game, quarterback for Northwestern. I mean, he doesn't have to be great because uh, Clayton Thorson certainly wasn't. Uh, but just as long as he's pretty good, that's going to be an improvement. And if he is, then I, I really like Northwestern in this one. I think some people may look at this kind of QB matchup and give Stanford the big edge with KJ Costello. But, you know, as I've we've kind of mentioned before, Costello to me is a bit overrated. I think he's uh, he, he's been kind of benefited from some good talent around him. JJ, JJ Arsarga-Whiteside, those tight ends, those guys are gone. So, very interested to see how this this one works out, um, but I am going to take Northwestern. I trust them to keep it close. Uh, okay, I'm I'm going to lean the other way. I'm I'm going to pick Stanford here. You know, all off season, everything Stanford has heard is they just cannot run the ball anymore. I think they'll they'll turn it around. I mean, not to years prior, but at least improve from last season. So I think Costello is going to have success with like Osiris St. Brown, Colby Parkinson on the outside. And mm-hmm. Hunter Johnson to me is just, he's too big of an unknown at this point for me to, for, for me to take Northwestern. So I, uh, even though he could be good and live up to his billing, I just, I just don't see it happening. So I'm going to take the Cardinal in this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Cardinal as well. Um, Ryan, I don't, I don't know if I would agree that KJ Costello is overrated. I mean, maybe, but I think it's just more. He did perform really well statistically last year, and now without his receivers, he's just maybe more of a question mark. We'll see. Yeah, I just don't think he's going to repeat the numbers. Yeah, that's that's fair. He, I, I don't think he will either, but I still think he's pretty good. And I just think Northwestern's a team that was so lucky last year in so many yeah. games. I know that's they kind of consistently do that, so maybe it's not luck at this point. But Stanford was really unlucky with all the injuries they had on both sides of the ball. I think I, I'm going to pick them here. Um, Okay, next game I'm I'm really excited about Boise State at Florida State. Florida State's favored five and a half. What do you think, Trey? So I'm a lot higher on Florida State compared to most people out there, but I personally think this is too many points. Uh, the Knolls just have to dramatically change that offensive line, as as we know that's been 
you know, their biggest weakness over the past few years. And it's not really a great recipe when Boise's defense returns a lot of production yeah. and has a solid D line. So very solid. This is a tough first test for for Florida State's O line. I like Blackman at quarterback that he was just announced to be the starter over Hornybrook. But uh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, Ryan's very happy with that. But on the other side, Boise does have to work in true freshman Hank Bachmeyer, so that's going to be tough. Yeah, that was that was a surprise. Yeah, that starter. To, yeah, to name him a little bit. So I mean, I think the Knolls, they're they're the defense is definitely going to make make plays against Bachmeyer, but uh, I just think Boise's going to cover in in this one. Yeah, I see it pretty much exactly the way you do. When this was like minus three or three and a half I think earlier in the offseason I liked Florida State at that number but I agree this just a couple points higher it's just gets a little uncomfortable with with that front seven with Curtis Weaver getting after uh that offensive and line David Get, Moa. yeah exactly they've they've got a really good front seven so I, I don't like the matchup for Florida State I'll say they win but taking the points with Boise yeah it's a clean sweep here I mean it, it's Kind of a little bit of a tough one to read because of that freshman quarterback that you mentioned, Trey. I mean, if he's just deer in the headlights, okay, then Florida State might be in business. But if he pulls off like a Kellen Moore type of performance for Boise as a freshman, then okay, Boise could very, very well win this game. And then how is Florida State's offense going to look under Kendall Bryles? Uh, It's big unknown as well. You'd think they'd improve, but who knows? Uh, But regardless, Boise's defense is going to keep a minute, I think, no matter what. So uh, I'll take uh, the Broncos as well. Really, the play might be the under here. I think it was like it's like fifty three or fifty four was the total, and that seemed a little bit high. With yeah, you know, con- considering the defenses. But if it's that, then I would take the under. Yeah. Okay. Now we are to the marquee game of the weekend: Oregon against Auburn. Auburn is favored three and a half in Jerry World, and I teased this off season that I was going to pick Auburn to win this game by three touchdowns, which. It's a little crazy. Yeah. It's a little, a little seems a little high, but whatever. I'll stick with it. I just, Ooh. I have a good feeling about this game for Auburn. I don't think Marcus Arroyo for Oregon, their, their offensive coordinator, has proven that he can get the most out of the talent because there is a ton of talent on this offense, especially. Yeah. Um, but it didn't exactly work out all that well last year. And the receiving core, which was kind of their biggest downfall last year, They've suffered some some big injuries recently. Brendan Schooler's out. So is the true freshman, Micah Pittman, who was supposed to be a big recruit. Absolutely. And, you know, so now they're going to lean more on a guy like Jawan Johnson, the transfer from Pitt or from uh, Penn State, who, you know, he had drop issues himself last year. Inconsistent for sure. Exactly. So I'm not as high on Oregon's offense as most people. And I think I think Auburn's defensive line is is going to going to dominate i think I'll, I'll take them in that matchup even against a, a really talented oregon offensive line and on the other side of the ball for auburn i'm maybe irrationally optimistic about the offense i know the o-line has struggled but five seniors coming back five returning starters and i think bo Nix has the potential to be an immediate upgrade over stidham's production from last year so auburn is going to be my lock oh yeah I, I thought about th- making them my lock as well Michael, I agree with you about kind of looking at both of these offenses and a lot of people might look at them and just give Oregon the huge advantage there, but I'm just not seeing it. They weren't very effective last year Mm -hmm. and I'm not seeing how they're just going to all of a sudden make that huge leap. And I've been saying it since spring about Bo Nix, 
he's good, man. That kid's going to be a really, really good player. And with the returning talent they got around him, like I think Seth Williams is going to be a breakout star at receiver. He's got talent to use, to throw to. Uh, they're going to be much better on offense down there in Auburn. So the the offenses to me really aren't that different as far as effectiveness, I would think, this year. I don't know if I would go that far, but okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. okay. I mean, I just, yeah, but... All right, go on, go right. on. Uh, but the the bigger difference I see is is the defense. Uh, Auburn's defense is just to me going to be much much better uh, than Oregon's. That D line is just a load to, to handle. Yeah. So to me, I got to go with Auburn here. It's they seem to me like a pretty pretty surefire pick. So I like your <laughs> I like your I like your lock, Mike. Yeah, yeah. I I it's hard to take the Pac-12 against the SEC, but I'm going to do it. I'm taking the points with the Ducks here. I just think it's a lot to ask a freshman quarterback in in Knicks to win your first game against a a really good team. Not that Oregon is a juggernaut on defense, but they they're still solid. Um I think Oregon's offensive line is really good, you know, they with their experience coming back. That's going to help neutralize the the strength that Auburn has in in their d-line with you know Derek brown nick co you name it uh for auburn though i do love that that malzahn is back calling plays i think that'll help them over the course of the year but uh i just don't think they'll win by more than three in this one and and something to keep an eye on is i think what's going to happen is herbert's going to throw a late touchdown to juan johnson for the backdoor cover oh okay okay yeah. interesting right. well trey's two and oh on his picks this year so far so oh yes maybe Maybe you should trust that over my lock, which I did lose my lock last week. Man, Whoops. we got unlucky with Florida. That, that, that was pretty unlucky. <laughs> we, well, it would have kind of also been a lucky cover in some ways, yeah. too, but yeah. I don't know. All right. Uh, that's why we're podcasters and not professional bettors. Yep, exactly. Uh, Sunday, September 1st, we've got Houston at Oklahoma, and Sooners are favored 23 and a half. That number has come down quite a bit. From well, it's because of what I see off season like a couple months ago. Yeah, Ryan's been saying that 28 or whatever it was is way too high. And apparently you were right. Um, you think it's still too much, Ryan? Or I do. I do. I, I, I still okay. think it's too much because of your boy, Mike, Derek King. Mm-hmm. The kid is good. He's a legit Heisman candidate. He's going to put up numbers because it's really, I mean, I, I know Alex Grinch is there now for OU, but it's still OU's defense uh, that's really struggled the last couple of years. And they've had, what, like three key injuries? So Yeah, they've had a couple. They lost Trey Norwood yeah. at Nickelback. That's, so it's, uh, their secondary was already a question mark. So. Exactly. So the, the Q, I would be surprised if Houston doesn't put up at least 30 points uh, against that OU defense. So, they, I mean, OU's going to have to put up a ton to, to be able to cover this one. And which they, they will. Might, they They'll might. put up a lot of points. Yeah, they're going to put up a lot themselves for sure. Uh, but I... I do think Derek King is explosive enough to keep this one within 23 and a half points. Completely agree. I, I'm taking I'm taking Houston to cover as well. I'm going Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma's defense has something to prove. They're not going to shut down Derek King, but uh, I think they'll slow him down enough. And I don't think like if if you said for Houston that they got to do two hand touch on defense, I still don't know if if uh, if they'd beat Oklahoma. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's at least questionable but it'll be fun it'll be fun to see Jalen Hurts in in game one see how he looks in that offense see how the offensive line looks I'm sure yep given the opponent they'll dominate but we'll see yep yeah all right moving on to Monday night really just uh an unbelievable game for prime time Notre Dame yeah at Louisville fighting Irish are favored 20 and a half 
What do you think, I'm, Trey? I'm going to ride with Louisville. Uh, I know they were dreadful last year, but but they just gave up, as we kind of talked about. They're going to be fired up to host the Irish. And the defense, even though they weren't that great, they return a lot. Um, and they were because they were really young last year. So I, I trust Satterfield to keep Louisville within within the three touchdown spread. Yeah, I'm I'm going to agree with you, Trey. I also am going to take Louisville. Like you mentioned, they totally just quit. They were they looked worse than they really were towards the end of last year. And the, one of the other reasons is I really like Satterfield. He's going to try to shorten the game as much as possible. He was a run first coach, so I think they're going to be able to try to shorten that game against Notre Dame maybe try to get lucky here or there, come up with a few trick plays. I'm sure they're going to run a few. Um, so I, I do think that they'll be able to keep this one with within that three TD mark. Yeah, and we've seen Satterfield early in the season overmatched, at least talent-wise, when he was at App State. And they've you know pulled off some near upsets. So. Tennessee, Penn State. Yeah. I mean, over and over, he did it. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, I'll, I'll take them to cover as well. And Notre Dame, they've lost a few weapons. Wide receiver Michael Young went down with an injury. So did tight end Cole Komet. So maybe, uh, maybe not as explosive as they they might be. Yep. Otherwise, uh, okay. Now let's uh, let's get to some games we missed. We kind of touched on most of the big ones there, but there are four conference games we have yet to mention. What's the first one, Ryan? Uh, yeah, first one we got an ACC matchup here. We got Virginia's favored two and a half. Uh, at Pitt. I mean, big game. You got Bryce Perkins, the good dual threat quarterback for Virginia going up against Kenny game manager Pickett. Um, <laughs> and that's that's really the only difference in the game to me is just that is that position because outside of that, I really am not seeing a whole lot of separation between these two squads. But that QB position is significant. <laughs> Perkins is way better than, than Kenny Pickett. So I, I do like uh, the Cavaliers to cover that. I think they win by at least a field goal. Yeah, and I do like Virginia's defense a lot better than Pitt, especially Pitt. They lost maybe the best player on the defense, Rashad Weaver. Uh, to yep, I don't know if it was an ACL, but he's, I think he's out for the year. So yeah, good point. Good point. All right, mine is uh, Virginia Tech at Boston College. The Hokies are a four-point favorite. I'm taking Boston College here since it's it's at home. Uh, the Hokies were gashed a lot last season, and now they have to face AJ Dillon. I know Anthony Brown isn't going to scare anyone with his arm, but at least he's got another year of experience. And Ryan Willis for Virginia Tech, he showed flashes last year, but he'll need to step it up this year if the Hokies want to improve from a year ago. And I'm really expecting kind of a ugly, low-scoring game here since neither offense is overpowering. And with it being an early conference game, these teams really know each other well. So I'm actually going to make the Eagles my lock of the week. Oh, wow. All right. I like it. Okay. Next game, we have an SEC matchup between Georgia and Vanderbilt. It's at Vandy. I feel like Vanderbilt always plays these early SEC games. Yeah, feels like it. And uh, they're a 21 and a half point dog here. I think Georgia's offensive line is going to completely dominate in this one. DeAndre Swift is going to have a monster game. Uh, I'm excited to see who who steps up at receiver. I think that's kind of the thing to watch here, even if it's a blowout is just who's who's the receiver is george pickens gonna step up as a true freshman that's obviously their biggest question mark yep um my pick though i'm gonna go with vanderbilt to cover love their weapons on offense Keyshawn vaughn at running back kalijah lipscomb at receiver jared pinkney at tight end i think they'll do just enough to who's the quarterback cover we don't know who the quarterback is but it doesn't really matter (laughs) they don't need (laughs) one it doesn't matter they need them but they're they're both pretty similar deuce wallace and um riley uh, riley neal yeah, all right. I 
I kind of like Vandy in that one as well. Um, all right, well, our last one here, we got uh, another ACC matchup. Really good matchup here. Georgia Tech at Clemson. <laughs> Clemson's favorite 36. That is uh, nuts. This one's, this one's being played on Thursday. Uh, talk about a tough first game uh, for your <laughs> coaching career in Georgia Tech for Jeff Collins. Uh, <laughs> it's a ton of points. So just because of that, I, I am going to take the Yellow Jackets. I don't know. I just, who knows in a spread like that what can happen. But it's, yeah, I mean, mostly we're just seeing how bad is that Georgia Tech offense? What's it going to yeah. look like? Yeah, is it going to be just atrocious? I mean, probably, but yeah, you know, we'll oh, see. Maybe Dabo will take it easy on him. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right, next question. Among teams that are favored by around three touchdowns or more that we, we haven't yet mentioned, which team do you think is most likely to get the biggest scare? What do you think, Trey? Okay, I'm looking at, I'm looking at Georgia Southern at LSU. Uh, obviously it's a mismatch and of course I think LSU will win, but LSU is in major look ahead mode as they have to face Texas next week. So they'll be really looking forward to that one. Parlay that with the fact that Georgia Southern runs a tricky option offense. They've got a returning quarterback, Shy Wirtz. So, and they return a lot of their defense, which generated a bunch of turnovers. LSU will win, but they can't afford to sleepwalk. Okay. Well, first I got to bring up here a game involving... Maybe the two coaches I talk most about, it's Joe Moorhead at Mississippi State, and they are favored 20 and a half against Billy Napier in Louisiana. Oh, you're torn there. I know. I'm very torn. That's not my choice. I can't pick that game. Nah, but Off limits for you. Uh, I'm, going, I'm going with Texas as, as the team most likely to get a scare. Um, Ryan, you kind of... Is that, did I steal it from you? Yeah, that was my sigh. Like, oh, that was my, that was my <laughs> okay, pick too. Yeah. Well, so they're favored 20 and a half against Louisiana Tech, and... Texas, they, they've they've just done it the last few years. They've struggled early in the season against inferior opponents. Maryland, of course, they lost to twice. And last year, Tulsa was a close game at home. So yep. who knows? Maybe. And this year with the inexperience on Texas's roster, maybe game one, maybe they get, you know, get caught sleeping a little bit. Yeah. That, How about that, sleeping? That's a really bad way to say it. I think they'll be pumped, but yeah, the inexperience. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I'm taking here Texas as well, but I'm going to look at it more from the Louisiana Tech side. The Bulldogs have a lot of experience on their roster. Pretty much their entire starting 22 are juniors and seniors. So, I mean, if you're talking about a little bit of an uh, underdog type of team, what you, you know, mid-major type, if you want to go college basketball reference, you, it's when you have those those seniors that are going up against them, the young kind of talent for like a Texas type squad, they have those ti- the time to develop. Yeah, that's when they can kind of maybe show up and surprise some folks. So, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this one was a game going into the fourth quarter. All right. Nobody's taking Florida Atlantic at Ohio State, huh? Oh, uh, Lane. Sorry, Lane. Lane? No. Lane really laid an egg uh, OU. last year at Oklahoma. Yeah, that was rough. So, all right. Hard hard to blame them. Uh, next question is kind of a catch-all here. So, what game haven't we brought up that you think we, we need to talk about? Well, I mean, Alabama does play, so I figured we should we should mention them. Um, yeah, yeah, primetime matchup for sure. <laughs> they play. <laughs> Luckily, the, it's not uh, primetime, but yeah, whatever. They play Duke, so thirty five points is the spread right now. Boring game, boring game. It's, the, it's their it's their marquee non conference matchup this year. So yeah, that one has uh, turned out probably even easier than they thought. Um, yeah. I am excited to watch Oklahoma State play at Oregon State on Friday night. They're favored 14 and a half. 
Really, I just I'm looking for for the quarterback play. We we're probably going to see both Spencer Sanders and Drew Brown. Now, it's not really that much of a test because Oregon State's defense is horrible. Yeah, but still, it's you know we'll just see how they do compared to one another, and we'll see if Oregon State's offense can keep up. They got Jamar Jefferson at running back, Isaiah Hodgins at receiver, Jake never, Yeah, he's not bad. So I'm picking the pokes though. I, I really like Oklahoma State this year. Uh, you know, Tyjon Lindsay is starting for. Uh... For, for for the beavers oh moves the needle, moves yeah. the needle. <laughs> well actually one other game i got to bring up though just for trey is uh indiana because oh, i yeah. i i just giggle every time i can't do it <laughs> they the named starter, the starter trey? michael Penix. Huh. yes thanks and they're playing against ball state so <laughs> wow <laughs> Penix against ball oh that's <laughs> tough that's oh. how, how am i supposed to do this podcast now with a straight face oh. <laughs> and he's only a freshman so it could yeah, be four years of this a, true a lot of a lot of Penix. all right <laughs> all right we've got uh how about Ole miss at memphis memphis is favored six i i really love memphis this year and I think they'll win, but but six points is a lot to give, in my opinion. Uh, they still haven't proven to field a good defense recently. They should be better this year with some of their returning talent, but not good enough to stifle Ole Miss. Scotty Phillips could have a big day on the ground for for the Rebels. Uh, I think there's going to be a shootout, and I'll just take the points with Ole Miss. And then another game is on Friday night. Purdue's playing at Nevada. Ah. That Purdue's favorite ten and a half. It, it'll be fun to watch just to see Rondell Moore. See how he he jives with uh, with Sindelar in, in his second year. Uh, Purdue had a really poor defense, and I see Nevada being able to at least move the ball, uh, but not enough to to match scores with the Boilermakers. Should be entertaining, though. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. All right, let's uh, let's close out the episode. Covered a lot of ground here. Let's close it out with a questionable finish. All right, this first one is from AJ in Japan again. He says, in Japan, East Coast college games start at 1 a.m. Sunday morning. When's the last time the bros sacrifice sleep for a hobby? Uh, for me, it would be about five years ago. My first year of coaching high school basketball, I was the, the head freshman coach for the high school. And we had sometimes we'd have morning practices, so it'd be like 6 a.m. And I, I had to commute like an hour to get to, to work that year. And one of the kids didn't have a ride to to get to school and he lived like 30 minutes from school so i had to wake up at like 4 a.m to try just to pick that kid up and then go to practice so definitely sacrifice some sleep that year what a great guy what a great guy oh yeah well it's either i pick the kid up or he doesn't come so i really didn't have a choice (laughs) i needed him i needed to win (laughs) well actually i didn't but (laughs) wow uh so for me this podcast is an easy answer but yeah (laughs) another thing is i I got into a few years ago modeling baseball games and i would stay up like almost all night just working on my model what yeah you didn't know about that no i'll send you the model please don't please don't (laughs) (laughs) i'm a little curious let me see it uh mine it comes around once a year the british open uh, it starts on the West Coast. You can start watching them them tee off around uh, 11 o'clock at night, our time. And then I just end up seeing myself staying up later and later and later. I'm just so interested in watching it. All right. Next question. Will an, will an FCS team beat a Power 5 team this weekend? I'm going to say no. Uh, there's only a couple games where I'm seeing uh, where the Power 5 team is, is favored less than 10 points and i just i just don't see it happening 
All right, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say yes. Indiana State is only plus four and a half against Kansas. Of course, no Puka Williams in this game. And then James Madison, plus seven at West Virginia. And even there's a couple more out there. UC Davis, led by Coach Dan Hawkins, plus 13 at Cal. They're good, so, man. You never know. Yeah, uh, those teams are good. And then you also got South Dakota State. They're only about a two-touchdown underdog uh, at Minnesota. South Dakota State's a powerhouse this year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I'd be, I think I'd be surprised if it didn't happen. Watch out for Eastern Washington at UW. True. Who knows? Yep. All right, last question. Give me your upset special, a seven-plus point underdog to win outright. I'll go first. I'm going to take Toledo to win outright as a 12-point dog at Kentucky. Mitchell Guadani at quarterback was really good last year when healthy for Toledo. And obviously, I don't think it would really shock too many people to see Kentucky's offense struggle a little bit. Yeah, you stole this one from me. You picked this one early in the week. You're like, I, I called Toledo. I know. It's mine. I texted you guys real quick. I was yeah. like, I'm <laughs> taking this one. Don't say it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I took Toledo. So uh, we. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you read the text, Trey? Yeah, I come texted on. you. Where are you I on just. Our, oh, text gosh. <laughs> this is embarrassing. <laughs> All right, Ryan, what's yours? This is embarrassing, uh, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Trey. Um, I am going with the, the Hugh Freeze's Liberty Flames here. They're 18-point dogs at home uh, against Syracuse. Stephen Calvert for for uh, Liberty, he threw for over 3,000 yards last year, senior quarterback. Buckshot. Got, Come on. Buckshot, got, Calvert. Okay, sorry. He's, <laughs> he's, got, he's got experience. I think they could do it. Why not? We'll see. I, I think uh, DeVito is a little unproven. They could do it. All right. Yeah, there weren't a lot of close close spreads to choose from, really. Like I thought about James Madison. They're only a touchdown. Yeah, there's not much yeah. in that seven to ten range here this weekend. A lot of huge spreads, you know, with right it being week one. But yep, Trey, you you need to come up with one before I before I close out the show. All right. So just look at some spreads. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody, to the College Football Bros podcast. I'm sorry, Trey didn't put the work in this week, but <laughs> hopefully next week he'll read my texts. Uh, <laughs> Be sure to follow us on Instagram at College Football Bros, on Twitter at CFB Bros. I've, we've been super active on both of those throughout the week and, of course, on Saturday. So that's been really fun for, for all of us. So yeah. join us there. Um, and with that, let's let's get first some words of riz- wisdom from, from Bru- Uncle Bruce Feldman, of oh, course. And then, and then, Trey, you'll give your pick. You name it, shampoo, conditioner, body wash, toothpaste, hair gel, even a wipe that leaves your tush feeling tingly. <laughs> Might be my favorite one. I love Bruce. <laughs> All right, Trey, time's up. You got a pick? Fine. Yeah, I'll go. This, this is crazy. Uh, Weber State plus seven and a half at San Diego State, the Aztecs. A lot of new pieces for San Diego State. Don't really trust their offense. Not at all. I'll, I'll take a flyer with Weber State. All right. Coming through in the clutch there, Trey. Uh, enjoy week <laughs> one, everybody. And we will talk to you next week. Oh, by the way, by the way, wait, don't, don't. I hope if you're still listening, good for you. Rutgers, you better start art. You better start art. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.